0: Be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it, and follow me on Instagram at channel and XO, and find me on YouTube for four new videos a week. Welcome back to the podcast, Shalligators. This week, we're going to be talking about sort of boundaries, which I feel like we talk about that a lot, so I don't want to say, oh, that's just all we're going to talk about, but how boundaries manifest in different ways in our lives, because sometimes when we think about boundaries, it's like, no, I won't do that. But there's other ways. They're saying no to something that isn't necessarily bad and it isn't misery making. But those are the times when we need boundaries the most, because that's when things, people, situation, quote unquote, opportunities can encroach on our peace and our sanity and leave us feeling, well, not peaceful and kind of insane. You'll see what I mean. So for our mantra this week, we're going to do the mantra. No is a complete sentence. No is a complete sentence. Hell yeah. So let's relax. Ooh, let's roll out our shoulders, loosen our jaw. I like to pull on my earlobes and pull on my ears like a little monkey. It makes me feel good. And we're going to inhale through the nose. No is a complete sentence. Now we're going to exhale one more time in through the nose and out through the mouth. Oh yeah. So the reason we're talking about no being a complete sentence is because my latest uh, YouTube video is on the art of saying no. It's a new challenge, which is a Shallon challenge for you. And it is the challenge of I don't want to. Learning how to say I don't want to. And I pegged it to some experiences I've had lately. And part of the reason I've had these experiences are because I'm new to Montana and I wanted to make friends. So I've been saying yes to everything, right? But now that I've found my footing a bit more socially, I'm not, I don't feel quite like the new kid in town. I'm realizing, okay, I don't have to say yes to everything. I don't have to go on a sunrise hike. I don't have to drive to Jackson Hole when it's just four hours away. I can start to say, mm, no. I don't want to. And I was saying in the video how hard it was for me to reach the conclusion that it was simply okay to say, no, I don't want to. Because we as women, you know, we're taught like we're not supposed to say no. We're supposed to be polite. Don't disappoint anyone. Don't hurt someone's feelings. So that leads us to either doing things we really don't want to do all the time. Or basically, it makes us lie. Oh, I can't. Oh, gosh, Thursday. Mm." So I'm getting um, a facelift, I think. Well, I mean, it's like a mini facelift. Like, we just come up with the most random bullshit. And it's like, what if we liberated ourselves from that? And we're just like, oh, yeah, you know what? I don't want to. That's kind of my only night off, and I just want to sit home and watch my shows and be a slobby piece of shit. I have a feeling that the people in our lives would be like, oh, dude, I get that. Totally. Enjoy yourself. Let's catch up over the weekend. People don't like to be lied to, and most of the time, People really do know when they're being fleeced. I mean, think about when you've had a friend who is chronically making up excuses for why she doesn't want to do something, right? And it's like, oh my God, Stephanie, can you just, can you just say the truth? If you don't want to go to tapas, you know how I feel about tapas, then just fucking say so. Don't go there, bitch about the menu, bitch about the price, sit there with a sour look and be a wet blanket all night. Just say, no, I don't want to do that. I, I want to go to sushi. Okay, we have dealt with these people and therefore we cannot be these people. So our mantra this week is no is a complete sentence, but it's also I don't want to, is a complete sentence. And we pegged all of this lo- more largely to the new literature book club selection, which is Essentialism. It is a book that is changing my life. I mean, it's crucial for business, but it's also an excellent directive for personal relationships. It really helps you like map out a rubric for what to say yes to and what to say no to. And I share mine. Like I share my like actual concrete bullet points of uh, things a social or business opportunity has to fulfill in order for me to do it. It's kind of like a categorization system for decision making that I found really, 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 really helpful. But some of you guys were commenting on the YouTube video and saying like, you know, I know that doing things I don't want to do is really corrosive and it makes me miserable, but I just can't say like no. I just can't be this ogre and say no to things. So look, you don't have to say no. Because I think people, <clears throat> and a lot of us encounter people like this, who are that like very harsh, very blunt, no social tact. I don't want to do that, that sounds stupid. No, I don't want to see that movie. They're on the opposite end of the same spectrum. Someone who is not comfortable in their own skin with their own opinion, right? If they were, they'd be like, oh, that's so sweet, but I actually don't feel like seeing that movie, but you guys have fun. That's a boss move, right? That's what an alpha says. It's not, they don't have to rely on all this bluster to push themselves towards this eventual conclusion. Do you know what I mean? Like when, guys, it comes down to what I always say. Confidence is quiet. Confidence is not spinelessness. Quiet is not complete silence all the time in these situations. But it's also not this huge blustery reaction. I said no to seeing the next Fast and the Furious movie. It's being comfortable enough with yourself to be like, hmm, no, that doesn't work for me. That's okay, though. Have fun. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but you know, I really can't say yes to that right now. I don't have the time, the money, the energy, or I simply don't want to, right? So in the book, Greg McEwen was giving some, some tips, like some actual things to say in lieu of no, because that truly it's not always an acceptable response if you're dealing with a boss or a coworker or an in-law like replying back to a text or an email no period is not always great cuz <clears throat> the point is to cultivate peace within yourself right i'm like that's the point so if if it's going to give you more anxiety to say no the conclusion we reach is well shoot i might as well just do it. i'm just going to do it right it's easier if i just go to this god-awful four-hour opera, then stay home and paint my nails, which is what I actually want to do. But I can't because I'm a chicken shit, so here I am at the opera. So these are some things that I do. These are some techniques I employ. I lean in to my worst case scenario, Okay, Say that someone asks me to be on their podcast. And I've recently done some podcasts and we talked about an awesome shalligator I collabed with last week. But you know, that is kind of, I think, something I need to back burner. I just don't have time to devote to a lot of interviews. And I mean, my, my tool is my voice, really. It's my energy. And if I spend it on something that really doesn't have a huge return on investment, and again, I made these actual metrics, I printed them out at Staples on a piece of paper so I can look and be like, OK, no, they don't hit these criteria, then I need to not do them. And I don't like to disappoint people. I don't want people to feel like, oh, I'm this bitchy YouTuber. But the fact remains, I cannot say yes to everything. And listen, that's exactly how I reply. Hey, you know, this isn't me being too cool for school or big for her britches or being a brat. I would love to do this, but I simply don't have the energy. And if I did do this, that means I couldn't do a video that day. And I'm sure you can understand that videos are how I make my money. So I'm sure you can also understand the trade-off of like, well, I can't really not work that day and give my product, my energy, away for free. Sometimes people just need an explanation. And I have said that to people and they're like, oh my gosh, I totally understand. I totally understand. Like, thank you. You know, like, hey, if a few months down the line things slow down, I'll circle back. That would be super fun. (laughs) But how does this manifest? Because I know being a YouTuber, getting asked to interview. Be interviewed is not a very resonant example. I get that now. This manifests a lot in social situations, right? Let's say there was a birthday dinner you don't want to go to. I hate group dinners. We've talked about it. We've talked about it. I hate them. They've got to be pretty small, and I have to know everyone there because inevitably, if I don't know someone there, like oh my gosh, Shallon, you sit next to Kelsey. You guys don't know each other. You're gonna love each other. <laughs> no, no. See, people put boring people next to me because I will talk forever until I just want to kill myself, put a butter knife in my eye. So if that's the way you are, if certain things give you anxiety, here's what you can do. Oh my gosh, come to this birthday dinner. It's going to be so fun. Like Six to eight hours, three to $500, very uncomfortable clothes that you're going to wear, and then you're going to sit in them the whole time. And not just sit in them, you're going to eat. So they're going to get more tight. And there's going to be a cute guy at the end of the table, but you have no hope of talking to him because he's seated next to someone who he looks miserable talking to, but yet you can't get over there. Are you kidding me? No. So this is what you can say. That sounds so fun, but I'm so sorry. I have to be such a disappointment and say I just can't go. You don't have to offer a reason why. You don't. And people might ask, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Are you busy? Be like, you know, I just can't make it this time. People will get the hint, and they'll back off. And if they don't, can you maybe just say, I don't want to. No, I'm sorry, I just, I don't want to. Group dinners kind of give me anxiety, you know, but I would love to meet you guys before. I would love to meet you after. Keep me posted. I'll come on down. Or hey, I'm really trying to save my money for a new car, that vacation. So this is one of the things I've unfortunately had to sacrifice and I know I'm such a disappointment. Because I'm using the word disappointment because that's how I feel other people are going to feel about me. Like that's my monster under the bed. Shallon is such a disappointment. I'm like, oh. And so I just lean into it. I know that I am such a disappointment, but I'm sorry I can't make it. Because look, 99% of the time, the person you're speaking to is not going to reply with, well, you are a disappointment, you dumb bitch. They're not going to say that. They're not going to say that. If they're your friends, they're going to be like, you're not a disappointment. It's OK. We'll we'll catch up later. Or they might be like, you know, I am disappointed, but you aren't a disappointment. But look, maybe some people will come back. Be like, you know what? Yeah, you. this is really disappointing. I'm so mad at you, blah, blah, blah. What do we say? People who hate your boundaries benefit from you not having any at all. And don't you want to know that's who you're dealing with? So then you can be like, well, <laughs> I mean, Well, fuck this shit. Like You just like me as some sort of instrument, as a possession. And I don't really need to abide that at all. But let's talk about boundaries in a different way. We've got a question from the Shalligator Reddit thread, and which you guys should definitely join. There's 2,600 Shalligators over there. And you guys ask fantastic questions for advice. You share things. And you get advice from each other. It's just a gorgeous, adorable little community. So this little Shalligator has a question about the ick. Hey girls, I've been talking to this guy and he is so sweet, too sweet. I'm beginning to fear the ick could be on its way. This behavior would be great in a relationship, but not when you just started talking. Should I stop the whole relationship right now? Or is there a nice way to tell someone to like be less nice? He's honestly such a good guy and exactly what I thought I wanted and needed but this is just too much. Oof. Oof. If you don't know what the ick is, I believe I coined the term the ick. I don't know. Maybe I did. I really think that I did because <laughs> I've never heard it before since. But so the ick is that just overwhelming feeling of ick, right? And it, it is an absolute lethal terminal cancer on a relationship. It happens when you are just not sexually attracted to someone. Like the idea of them touching you with those fingers is like physically revolting, right? And the ick comes when a guy is too nice. And I think I think a lot of us are like this because we're alpha women. We want alpha men. There's a very big misconception that alpha women want beta men. I don't think that's true at all. I, and I think the women who do want to like lord over a guy, I don't think they're alphas at all. I think they're beta too, which is why they have to subjugate others, right? Like, I want my equal. And even though I date younger guys, like they are quite, quite alpha. But still, you can have an alpha man who's just really stroppy and in love and he's just making it too easy. And I think the reason we feel so disgusted by the ick is because it reminds us of when we've probably given the ick to someone else. You know what I mean? When we can sort of like, on some level, think back on our own behavior and it's like, oh my god, how many times did I call him? That Taylor Swiftian text that I sent? Oh sweet Jesus, please don't do that. We not—we're not, we're not only grossed out by the guy; we are grossed out by ourselves, right? So that's just this perfect storm of things you don't want to think about. So in my experience, I mean, I was in a relationship somewhat recently and I I got the ick for exactly these reasons. It was, he was too nice and he was just too available. He was clinging to me like a drowning man and drowning me in the process. And I, I did say flat out, I was like, you need to just let me miss you a little bit. I don't need to see you every day. I don't even need to talk to you every day. It's good if we miss each other, if there's a little bit of distance. I'm a fucking hunter. Let me hunt you just a little. Just a little. <clears throat> he couldn't do it. He I could almost set my watch by how long he would last. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tick tock. Kaboom. He would explode into this stroppy, treacly, gasliness. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to have sex with you anymore. This isn't, it's so easily given it it no longer has a value, right? And I'm sorry, but that is just kind of the way it works sometimes. So look, I think you can sit down with a guy and be like, hey, I want, but I want you to pinpoint what he's doing. Is it too many text messages? Are they too flowery? Is he <coughs> obsequious and fawning and acquiescing to anything you want to do I don't like sushi oh neither do I Uh, actually I love sushi oh my god I love it too is he one of those oh horrible nightmare is he just not really his own person if that's the case if this is like a core issue like he is not really a fully formed person you are not gonna be the one to fix that that comes with age I mean sometimes not all the time some people say like that forever it's super gross but you can't change that with one conversation if it's behavioral and you can say, hey, I can't text all day. You know, I'm at work. I'm doing things. I I, I want to talk to you at the end of the day, maybe at the end of the week. So I actually have something to say. This is just a little too much for me. That's not mean. That is I don't want to. Period. Not question mark, not colon where you're about to list a whole litany of reasons. It's I don't want to. I don't want to see each other this much. I don't want to talk this much. I don't want fucking love letters in my mailbox when we've been talking for two weeks. I don't want it. And I don't really need to explain why. But of course, if you like someone, it's okay to explain why. But I have never seen the ick reverse itself. I haven't. I've never experienced it, and when I feel it setting in, I mean, truly this is my life's work, to cut it off right then. Think of it like a tumor. If a doctor was like, oh, we see a a tumor growing, oh, are you going to go cut it out? No. No, we're just, uh, we're going to wait, we're going to have a conversation with it, and yeah, no, no. You'd be like, uh, can you get in there sooner rather than later? It's the same thing emotionally. Things progress. Things metastasize into into situations you don't really want. So if you're feeling the ick setting in where you're like, I don't want to be kissed. I don't want to be touched. I don't want to see him naked. Girl, get out. Get out. Because what happens? This is phase the second of the ick. You get mean. You do. You do. And it's awful. Because you know that he's sweet. And he doesn't understand why suddenly you've shifted, right? He's just like, oh. And then he clings harder. And then you get meaner. And the reason we get mean is because we are operating under such heavy cognitive dissonance at that time. Cognitive dissonance is what is going on in your mind does not match what is happening in the world. I hate this job, but I still have to go in every day. This person grosses me out, but I have to have sex with him. Our minds cannot labor under that division For very long, it's going to manifest. The psyche must be heard, and she will do it the easy way, being like, "Hey, we got the ick. Why don't you you get out?" Or she'll do it the hard way, screaming at a guy in Olive Garden because he didn't use his fork right. Right? We. I have never been so mean to a guy as when I had the ick. I'm never mean to a fuck boy, right? And isn't that the most messed up part? Like we're never mean to the guys we should be mean to. I'm like, "Oh my god, that was so Remember the time you like used the fork upside down? Like, yeah, you used, like the the butt end to like scoop spaghetti in your mouth and god ever. <laughs> oh my god, that was so cute. Please love me. But if the ick guy like does one thing wrong, you're ready to scratch his eyes out at dinner. I know. But here is a shift that you might not expect. It's the Hello m'lady shift. I don't know, guys. I, I don't know if you guys ever watched um the Amy Schumer show, the Amy Schumer sketch show, what I think that's literally what it's called. Oh, so good. But one sketch was called Hello my Lady. And it was it was basically about these like soft whack dudes who are like super in love with you, and you have the ick for them, and they always seem to use the phrase, well, hello my lady, and you're like, oh god. And they wear like newsboy caps and they're like fat with a beard. Yeah, gross. But the the crux of the sketch, she's like Oh, there's this new app called Hello, Milady, and it alerts you to when these beta dudes are going to shift and turn on you. And I was like, oh my God, yes, this is exactly what happens. When we keep someone around, when there's the ick, whether it's the friend zone, but we know how they feel, and we're like, it's never going to happen, Brian. Or it's a boyfriend, and we're receding further and further into ourselves, and they don't understand why. They shift. They turn. And if we think we were mean at Olive Garden, brother, you ain't seen nothing yet. I was recently in an extremely scary situation. I mean, like, I had to call the cops because there was there was a shift. There was a shift. And part of the reason there was a shift was because he didn't listen to me. But if I'm being honest, a bigger part of... The shift was because I don't think I was communicating effectively. I wasn't making definitive statements. I wasn't putting a period after the things I said. I was putting a question mark or a colon or a dot, dot, dot. I don't know. I'm sorry. I mean, maybe. Had I been able to say, I don't want to go out with you again. I just don't want to. Period. He wouldn't have liked it. It would have hurt. It would have hurt me to say it. We don't like saying things like this to people, especially nice guys. But what are you supposed to say? Hey, so the thought of you on top of me, even if you're giving me CPR, I actually choose death. No, thank you. I mean, come on. Because the ick ick isn't their fault all the time. All the guys I've gotten the ick for were very hot. Of course, I stayed, you know, completely in love with ugly doofuses. Don't worry about that. So it's not an ugly person's disease. It's, it, like I said, it can be behavioral. It can be we are forcing ourselves into a situation because, well, he's good on paper and this is what I know I should what Fuck should. I mean, of course, to a degree, don't fuck should. Like, you should want someone who's kind, who's smart, who's educated, who's ambitious, who can kill the spiders, right? But if it's like, well, he's, he's the right religion and he, my parents like him, and he's going to be a lawyer, I should like him. Honey, that's not how the heart works. I mean, fuck the heart. That's not how the vagina works, right? You know what I mean? Like, our mind can be like, "Mm "Hmm, we're doing this," and the rest of our body is like, "Oh no, 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 we are not, no." And you gotta listen to that. Not only do you have to listen to what you're saying, you have to be able to communicate it to them unequivocally. This is where the boundaries come in. This is where essentialism comes in. This is where that rubric comes in of I'm sorry, this just doesn't meet my criteria. It might meet three out of six, because in the book you'll see, and in my video, you'll see there should be six criteria for anything, three baseline, and then three higher level criteria. Like, okay, yeah, he's educated and my same religion, and in my time, you know, he's in my my town or whatever, check, 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 and he's rich, and he's nice, but Ooh, the last one, there's no chemistry. So, sorry, just doesn't align. The sooner we can admit these things to ourselves and therefore communicate them to the other person, the I mean, we're going to spare everyone so much pain. You're not doing him a favor by stringing him along. And if he is such a great guy, girl, send him back into the wild. We have all watched women destroy a wonderful guy look at Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth right he just seems like such a good dude and she is chaos itself and it's like girl if you didn't want to be a wife if you didn't want to stop doing drugs if you wanted to be out with your terrible haircut that looked like you did them with those green-handled left-handed scissors fine but throw that man back throw him back What good are you doing anyone? It it really, it's selfishness. At worst, it's selfishness. And at best though, it's cowardice where we don't feel okay to be like, I'm sorry, I just don't want to do that. And that cowardice is born of fear because who are we to reject this love, this amazing, wonderful, handsome guy? What's his crime? Oh, he loves me? Wow. What a fucking monster I am. That's what the ick makes you think. Like any cancer, it warps your thinking, right? It it turns your body against yourself. And it turns your mind against you. Gosh, I'm I'm the broken one. Nobody in this scenario is broken. I'm telling you, nobody's broken. Miley Cyrus isn't even a broken person. Liam Hemsworth is not a broken person. They just don't fit together, right? She's a great match for somebody. I cannot possibly think of who that is. And he is too, for perhaps one of us, all of us, me first. But until people can acknowledge that, broken parts are just going to keep trying to fit together, right? It's going to be incompatibility, and everyone is going to leave the situation feeling awful. He's not going to know what he did, or he's going to shift and turn into a monster, which is miserable. You're going to feel broken, like you're just thumbing your nose at this gift from God, we know girl the heart is the way it is attraction is what it is and relationships are behaviors they're behaviors okay if his behaviors don't get your motor running well then what what are you getting out of this you know and i think it's really interesting that the shalligator said i th- i thought he was what i wanted and needed dating is data dating is data once I latched onto that phrase that I came up with, oh, I'm so clever, <laughs> that should be in my next merch, but I'm, it, it really did shift my, my thinking. I'm like, okay, a bad date isn't just this miserable waste of makeup and two vodka sodas that I didn't need. It's data. Why was it miserable? Were there red flags I should have probably paid attention to? Did I not even want to go out in the first place? Am I not over my ex? What's beneath that data? What can I use? to build a better model of myself, of my perfect boyfriend, of my perfect date, of what I actually need. All, all this situation is, all the ick is, is refinement. OK? I thought I wanted a dude who like writes me poetry and wants to come over every night. Turns out I actually don't. <laughs> I think a lot of us got out of quarantine and thought that. You know, we were just so starved for attention and feeling and everything. It's like, I want a boyfriend, and I want to be with him all the time, and I have sex 24 hours a day. And then it's like, oh, ugh, actually, I got kind of used to being by myself, and I sort of like it, and why are you still in my bed, and why are there hairs everywhere? I don't like this at all. Okay, great. The landscape is changing. That's some data. It doesn't mean that the data can't change going forward, and you can't refine. and be like, all right, now I am ready for like that really intense kind of love to find my partner settle down. Cool. But for now, build the thesis as the data predicts.